When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au. Hi, it's Brett Phillips here, host of The First Serve, and thank you for downloading the latest edition of Crunching the Numbers, one of our podcast offerings here at The First Serve. You can get your weekly live tennis fix with The First Serve every Monday night on the SCN Radio Network at 7pm Eastern. All the broadcast details of how you can listen can be found at our website, thefirstserve.com.au. Welcome to Crunching the Numbers, the first serve's in-depth look at the art and science of playing the game. Well, welcome to another episode of Crunching the Numbers. I'm your host, Mark Sapoulos from the Tennis Menu. And we also have Mr. Shane Leonage, the man who has transformed cricket in Australia. He's transformed tennis all over the world. He's the man with all the numbers. Thank you so much again, uh, Shane, for joining us from Data Driven Sports Analytics. I tell you what, these introductions become more fiction each week. <laughs> but thanks, Mark, and welcome, everyone. Oh, he's transforming the world, this man. And maybe you should run for president and take over Donald Trump. But he is the man with the numbers this week. Last week, we discussed the best forehands in the game, Shane, and we obviously had some great data around, you know, Federer, Nadal, Del Potro on the men's side. You talked about Serena Williams and Pliskova and uh, Angelique Kerber dominating on the women's side. This week, we're going into the backhand side, and obviously, we talk about the sword and the shield in the men's game, with the sword being the forehand, the shield being the backhand. On the women's game, it's a little bit of a, an evenness or a reverse, almost, to the point of where the backhand side is a bit more of a weapon. Today, we're going to take a little deep dive into the best backhands in the game, and obviously you've got you've done your research on the male and female side. And what'd you come up with this week? Yeah, so this is a little bit of a continuation from what we were discussing last week, but um, looking at the backhand this time, and 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 there's probably no surprises that uh, certainly on the men's side um, at the top of the the, the heap is Novak Djokovic. Um, very very high defensive and offensive scores on the backhand. Um, I think he that shot alone has um, certainly played a big, big role in, in in a number of those Grand Slams he's accumulated and. Um, and certainly it's the shot that's really helped him uh, defend against his two, two biggest rivals um, in, in Nadal and Federer. And, and you see that under pressure, it just doesn't break down. Um, next, we've got um, on the rating system, we've got Dominic Team, and, and I'd say Dominic Team's had high offensive scores on his backhand for some time. And, and particularly on the clay, his um, backhand has been such a great shot to... To, to get him to, to the last two Roland Garros finals, but but also be a really consistent threat on, on the clay, beating some some big players. In fact, he's got one of the best records against Nadal on clay of any player in again in, in Nadal's career. So certainly the backhand's a, a big part of that. But, but what I think he's done really well in the last 12 months is he's significantly improved it on quicker surfaces. So 
um, in particular in defense on, on the faster courts. He's, he's improved his backhand and that's really helped him. And, and you've seen that in the hard court results and, and even in the year-end final on theoretically the, the fastest court on tour. Um, he, he beat Djokovic and he beat Federer and he made that fantastic run to the final, only narrowly losing to, to Tsitsipas. So certainly that backhand's been a key part of that. And then we've got someone who I think everyone probably acknowledges as has had, had a fantastic backhand in Andy Murray. So um, I'd like to explain that, I suppose, the, the viewers to, to say that he still scores quite highly. Um, and it's partially because a lot of the data that we've got from his last 30 matches are from 2016 and 2017 when he was really uh, right up at the top of the game. Um, but I'd still say his backhand is elite. And I think um, you, you'll see that once the tour resumes, Andy Murray's going to make a, a, a nice um, road back up to the top of the game. Now, on the women's side, we've got um, our recent Australian Open winner, Sophia Kennan and Serena Williams. And they actually score evenly on, on the overall ratings. Um, although they both had slightly different offensive and defensive ratings uh, on the shots. Serena, uns- unsurprisingly, has a higher score on attack. I think uh, a lot of that's driven by the fact that on the, the first shot on the return or the second shot on the return, um, she's lethal with that backhand. Her offensive scores are quite high, but um, Sophia's uh, is also quite good. And, and, and at the Australian Open, she her backhand was very hard to break down. Uh, and you saw that in the final against Muguruza. One that surprised me, and that was Bianca. Andrescu. I never thought the backhand was a weakness for her, but I never thought of it as a strength. Um, so I really dug a little bit deeper with this and, and found that the reason she scores quite highly is, is because she's um, very good def- on, on defense with the backhand, but she can turn defense into attack off that shot. So it scored highly for that. She's, like I said, I think she's a brick wall. She slides into shot from any part of the court. And and, and while I think there are some sort of uh, I think analysts in the game that, that may sort of have a knock on, on, on her backhand, um, not being sort of attacking enough, she's actually improved that significantly in the last 12 months and her run at the US open really showcase that and so with with the data as we've discussed in the past how are these numbers created in terms of you know ranking these players in the top echelon yeah it's a good question and and worth doing a refresher for our listeners and those that may not have heard last week's episode where we introduced a, a rating system that uh, i developed at data-driven sports analytics and, and one that we, we do use to benchmark um players that we work with and amongst other things um yeah it rates the top 200 on on their forehands and backhands both from an attacking and defensive perspective and to come up with these ratings we, we actually capture data using out of uh, various sort of tracking systems and tools and, uh, and we collect data on a lot of things like winners uh, is the player forcing errors where the ball's being hit from where the ball goes the changes in shot directions proximity to line you know we, we estimate the speed and spin on the shot as well um, and pro- perhaps one of the more important things is um, with all the data that we collect we we weight um the performance or good performance under pressure so if you're able to do good things under pressure it scores higher once that happens uh rating system spits an offensive and a defensive score um and then the overall scores to an average of the two of that so that's how it all comes together yeah and i guess that's a really important part is the ability for uh, the players to be able to play in all situations on the court. And that, and that obviously, and we spoke last week about the, the ability of good players to have a real small difference between their best and worst tennis. It's no different when you're comparing a shot. You want to see a shot being able to be executed at its best and worst at a very similar rate. And there's no drop-off in terms of the quality of shot, no matter in what situation on the court. And obviously, those six players that you've just mentioned on the backhand side, have got a great defense in their back end and then can be able to transition that to a great offensive game and step into the court and 
and do a little bit more with the ball. Yeah, definitely. And, and, and you can take this analysis a bit further. I'm keen because I, I love watching the, the single-handed backhands um, uh, the guys sort of on tour. But, uh, yeah, the Richard Gasquet, he scores very highly. Um, you've got um, Dominic Team, as I mentioned, Stan Marinka, Roger Federer. Th- these, these are the best single-handed backhands in, um, in the men's game. And, uh, and keen to maybe get your thoughts on, I suppose, the differences, uh, the pros and cons maybe to a single-hander, uh, to a double-hander. That's a really good question. I'm, I'm actually glad you asked it because I think it's something that doesn't get touched on enough is a single-handed backhand because of the obviously not, not having an opposite hand in, involved in the shot can actually rotate further around your back uh, when you're actually in the backswing phase of your stroke. So as a player goes back in the backswing, you can actually rotate roughly between 10 to 15 degrees more with a single-handed backhand than you can with a double-hander. So with the double hand, you've got the opposite hand on, which reduces the ability for your upper body to rotate. So what you're then doing is because you can rotate further with the single-handed backhand, you're actually gaining more momentum. So the more distance your racket can cover on the take back gives you more wind up, which is more momentum. And we call that elastic energy. That elastic energy is built up so much more on the single-hander, it can produce more force on the on the offense. And that's why you probably see, and it's probably interesting to see, but the double-handed players would have better defensive skills, but the the single-handed players would have had more winners and more off- offensive side of the game because of the ability to pop the ball a little bit bigger due to momentum. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and I think if you, if you look at speed and spin off the shot, the single-handers are almost top the list. And then you look at the other end of the spectrum, the unforced errors, they're also uh, leading the list there. So uh, it's, it's quite, quite an interesting stat, but I'm glad that you sort of touched on um, the mechanics and the differences and, uh, and the pros and cons there. Yeah, and the other thing, I guess, with the double-handed backhand is the ability with two hands, you have more stability. So when someone hits the ball hard at your two-hander, it's not going to break down as much because you can counter-punch the ball. What does hurt a two-hander backhand is the inability sometimes to generate force because you've got the second hand on the racket, the lack of momentum and the lack of build-up of some elastic energy doesn't allow the player with the two-hander to generate as much force. So, you, you know, they won't be hitting as many winners with the two-hander, but they'll be forcing some errors. And also the ability to deflect the ball is a little bit easier as well with the two-hander. And they'll also probably have less return of serve uh, errors than a single-handed backhand player, I would dare say. And that's something that you can maybe yeah. dig up in the next few weeks, Shane. But um, it's something I think a return of serve, a double-handed backhand player definitely probably has less errors than a single-handed. Thanks for giving me some homework. I'll, uh, I'll add it to my <laughs> list. Uh, you know, I'm keen to sort of stick on that point, point Len, and this is a bit off the cuff, but um, someone like Novak Djokovic, who's had... Uh, a tremendous amount of success but you step back and have a look the players that have had the most success against him in the last couple of years uh, are the ones that can hurt him with an attacking backhand and a lot of them are single-handers so you think of the names you know teams had a good run against him Warinka Federer has got a couple of wins he, he struggles against them more so than the, the two-handed backhands and I don't know if it's uh, I haven't got the data on this and it's, an, it's another thing that I might go and do some homework on. But yeah, an interesting observation, I guess. Yeah, I think, look, I think the ability of those players that you mentioned with the single-handers like Team Federer, Stan Wawrinka have really good offensive skills and the ability to change direction of the backhand up the line. And that, and that to me is a real critical component. You won't beat Djokovic in a cross-court backhand rally. But what you will beat him in is the ability to change direction to his forehand where he's defensively not as confident on that side 
even though he's absolutely brilliant. Don't take that away from him. I feel like the forehand side defensively is not as good as his backhand defensively. Hence the reason those players can change direction up the line, get him into a defensive situation on his forehand. And then he has to guess his direction of where he has to move after that. And I feel like once you've got a guy like Warenka who can pop a ball the way he does up that line, it's very hard to get into offense after he's done that. So, you know, look, I think it's at the same time, it's coincidental that it is a single-handed backhand, but anyone that can pop a line um, against Novak Djokovic from their backhand has a much better chance because, you know, he, he does not miss on that backhand wing. And the other thing he does from the backhand side really well is he steps around the backhand to play an offensive forehand at times. And that can really hurt you. If, you, if he gets stuck in that backhand corner, look out. You've got to get him moving. You've got to get him to the forehand side and defending from the forehand corner more often than not. Can you touch on variety? So I know we uh, talked talk a little bit about it in the past, particularly on the backhand. So is it easier for a single hander to you know to slice or even come forward and volley is there any anything that you see from a technical point of view that makes it easier being a single hander than a double hander to do those things oh the strength for sure you know the double handed backhand relies so heavily on the on the opposite arm and the non dominant side that you know with a single hand backhand obviously you're doing everything from that one side of the body developing so much more strength which gives you the ability to slice drop shot you know, uh, to be able to play different angles and be funky with the with that shot. I feel like the double-handers, because they've developed for so long using the opposite hand, I feel like that is a, it's a real challenge for them to be able to develop enough strength uh, to be able to, to have that variety. And the other thing is, when, when you've got a double-hander, you don't want to not use it because it's such a great defensive shot. So you can counter-punch a ball, you can deflect it in any way that you want, you return really well with it. So there's pros and cons for both, but I feel like, you know, the single-hander does have the ability, Ash Barty's one, that can do it, obviously with a double-handed backhand, can slice amazingly well. But, um, you know, obviously you look at guys like Federer who can change the game so well with the slice backhand. But, um, you know, it is definitely uh, something that I look at is when you're developing a single-hander, you need to have the variety of coming into the net and volleying, slicing, you know, the heavy topspin lob off the one hand is another one that, that he's, he's done really well from a single-hander. But the double-handers obviously have other avenues that they're really good at. So it's hard to, to judge which is better. Um, everyone says to me, what would you prefer? I said, well, a double-handed backhand for return and for counter-punching, but then use a single-hander for generating ball speed, slice and volleys. So that would be your ideal mix of a player. So halfway between Djokovic and, uh, and probably Warenka slash Federer. We're going to have all three of those. I'm, uh, I'm doing quite well. That's the aim to uh, mold, mold uh, a player that can do everything. Maybe that's the dream yeah. player. Get some data on that, Shane. I'd love to see which player can do that. What about the female side of the game? We've touched on the male side. What, what about the female side of the game? Yeah, I'm probably interested to lead into this with, with a, an interesting stat. So the, the serve plus one. In the men's game, I think the, the winner ratio is, is around 13 14% for a backhand. The women's game, it's closer to 40%. Um, we've touched on this about uh, you know the, the women's game ha- um, certainly using the backhand side more offensively than the men's game, but that's a that's a key stat that highlights that to me. My eyes have always told me that the ability for a female player to play really offensively off the backhand is always there, but now the numbers just show that forty percent of a first ball or a plus one strike is unbelievable stat. You know the ability of a female player and a lot of them out there can hit inside out backhand, cross backhand, down the line backhand. They have these amazing abilities to do so much from the backhand side. A lot of the time we talk about female players a lot stronger through the hips and there's no doubt that the backhand side enables them 
to be able to utilize the second hand and the hip drive to be able to generate more force. Yeah. And they do it really well. And obviously that's that for me, 13% on the males compared to 40% on the females. That's an incredible difference of the ability to pop a backhand forcing error or winner and getting control of the point. And then on the three players that, that I mentioned, so Serena's probably no surprise. I feel like she's certainly with the power game, she almost revolutionised the, the game in the early or the late 90s and early 2000s. And, 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 and maybe that, you know, the power of the, the backhand was something that sort of took players like a Martina Hingis who were dominating at the time, really, into submission, really. And, and, and Serena and Venus as well just took control of the women's game for, for nearly a decade. And it's still quite, quite a fair bit up the top there. And then in you know, recent times, you, you've got someone like Bianca Andrescu and, and people have watched her move onto the backhand side, but she slides into a backhand better than anyone I've seen. Uh, almost the, the female equivalent of Alex Demonard sliding around the court. You kind of hear the tie screeching every time she plays. Um, but the backhand side is something that she chews incredibly well. And, and that final against Serena at the US Open, you, could, you couldn't break it down at all. Sophia Cannon, this US Open, again, it, her backhand was so instrumental in, um, in that final, but all the way throughout the tournament. Yeah, and, and that's a, the key, isn't it? The ability to be able to defend and attack with it. And, they, and the players that you've mentioned, Cannon, Williams, Andrescu, and we throw in Ash Barty because Ash Barty's got that slice backhand defensively that can that can really and offensively that can hurt you. You know, if you can defend an attack from a, from one one side of the body, it just makes such a big difference. And that's obviously where your stats come in. The ability to be able to play defense and offense from from the same side is critical for those players being at the top of the game. And it's no no surprise that the six or seven players that we've mentioned here, Djokovic, Team Murray, Kennan, Williams, Andrescu, and Barty are all in the top part of the game. And obviously Murray had a few injuries. But, you know, you look at those players, the reason they are so good is the difference between their good and their bad on that, on that side of the body is very minimal. And that's the key to being a good player is having a very small gap between your best and your worst on any shot, on any part of your game. And that, to me, is a real standout for those seven players. Yeah, absolutely. And I might end on one question for you, Mark. Why haven't we seen as many single-handed female backhands? Can you give me an easier question to finish off on? Seriously. <laughs> Look, I think it's a strength thing. For, for me, the ball speed, the way that the game is played these days, it's very hard to defend with that single-hander. You know, from a young age, the easiest thing as a coach to do is to put two hands on because it's so hard physically to be able for a young kid to play a one-handed backhand. So every coach these days puts the second hand on, bit of security, helps the young kid to get the, the ball over the, over the net. And once you've done that, it's very hard to change. Once you get 10, 11, 12, there's no changing that, that stroke production. So, look, I think it's the, the game itself being the power game it is. And obviously, from a young age, it's very hard strength-wise. So, yeah, look, I would say that's probably the key to it. But, uh, you know, there's no doubt. There's nothing like watching an unbelievable one-handed backhand. And you, you've hit the nail on the head before with Varenka and Dominic team and Roger Federer. To watch those guys in action, to be able to pop the ball the way they do due to the extra rotation is just an amazing, amazing thing to watch. And, you know, you keep coming up with these stats, mate. The 13% male uh strike rate on the backhand side for forcing errors or hitting winners compared to 40% of females. That, to me, is a standout stat for this week. Shane Leonard, the man who has changed cricket. He's changing tennis. He's changing the world. Donald Trump, look out. Thank you so much from Data Driven Sports Analytics. Go check it out all over social media because he has got the stats that you don't want to miss out on. And thanks so much for your research this week once again. Thanks, Mark. And yeah, I might put a disclaimer after people listen to that. that <laughs> but uh, no, uh, thanks everyone. And we'll, we'll see you next week. Absolutely. That's been another episode of Crunching the Numbers. Don't forget, First Serve has so many podcasts at your fingertips. Aussies only, in the huddle, 
and the one and only Brett Phillips and Sam Groth every Monday night on Free to Air Radio and SEN, as well as going back and listening to their podcast. So many things that you can take out from all of those podcasts for the tennis lovers that are all out there trying to get a taste of tennis, obviously, in these challenging times. But I've been Mark Sapolis from the Tennis Menu. Please uh, look us up. We're all over social media, www.tennismenu.com. And obviously, Shane Leonard from Data Driven Sports Analytics. Thank you so much once again for joining us. See you next week. Subscribe to The First Serve via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your preferred podcast platform to listen at your convenience to all our weekly content, including past editions of Crunching the Numbers, as well as our dedicated commercial radio program each Monday on SEN that you may have missed at 7 p.m. Eastern, Aussies only, and In the Huddle, produced by Study and Play USA. Subscribe to The First Serve, your home of tennis. G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free and easy to play. Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005.